Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Glad you are here. Thank you for coming out today. Before I jump into the fourth week of this installment of Sex Wars, uh, I want to share with you something that's very important. Um, Having salvation in Jesus Christ is your most important decision you'll ever make in your life, hands down. So with that being said, there's a lot of people in your life that may not have made that decision yet. And God is still using Easter as a great way for us to reach people to know him for his glory and honor so that we can spend eternity in a place called heaven. Because we all check out at different times. The cool thing about a Christian is it's never goodbye, it's I'll see you tomorrow. Isn't that cool? So with that being said, what we're going to begin next Sunday for two weeks leading up to Easter, we're going to be doing what we are, prayer and fasting. This is a pamphlet you can get when you leave today. Uh, It's either to info or they're going to pass them out, I'm not sure, but uh, just ask about it. If you've never done this, be a part of this. This is an amazing opportunity. It's a myriad of different ways that you can do that, and it's very important. And also, there's different 14-day reading plan here that you can read the scriptures through this time. But we want to pray and seek God like never before because how many of you know somebody that you know that needs Jesus in their life? Would you just lift your hand all across the auditorium? Yes, we all do. And it's very important that we try to do our best. You know, the the saddest thing about us coming to Easter would be that we come without thinking about somebody that needs him that we already have and that gift and that salvation. So with that being said, I want to challenge you in this. Pick this up as you leave. The next thing I want to challenge you with is serving. We need people to serve like never before. Listen, you come to a service and you, you serve in that service and then you can worship in a service and bring your friends and family that you're going to invite. So if you have not signed up, I believe these are in your seat backs here in the auditorium. Please sign up for a place to serve. Even if you've never served before, there's ways that you can do behind the scenes, front of the scenes, different things. We will find where it fits for you. But if you would, please fill out a serve form and sign up where that you can serve on Easter Sunday. This year, we're just doing it different. We're just doing three services on Sunday, 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and noon. And so we're going to do that on those three services, give you an opportunity. You just come at one day, pick a service to serve, then you can worship in another or however you want to do that. But please sign up, and as you fill out the serve forms in the back of the seat, drop them in the offering on your way out. So today, as we jump in and we jump into this fourth installment, uh, uh, some of you might think, well, today I came. It's not really for me. Yes, it's for all of us because we have influence, and that's the greatest thing about all people have influence. And today, as we enter in, uh, I just want to say welcome to everybody that's here. And how about you guys uh, just uh, look at the person next to you and tell them you're glad that they're here. Go ahead and do that right now. All right, all right. So uh, with that in in mind, uh, today I'm going to talk about how to teach your kids about SEX. Because a lot of times they spell it out because they're scared to say it, right? Am I with you? A lot of people, they think it's just a bad thing. It's not a dirty word. We've already covered that. So I remember one time many years ago that we were doing our first series on sex and we promoted it with billboards and mail outs and all that kind of stuff. Well, I had a mom call and she wanted to talk to the pastor. We were much smaller church then and we didn't have near as many staff. And, and so uh, I was able to get on the phone with this person and she began to tell me that with us doing this, that she, I had put her in a bad position. And I said, ma'am, how did I put you in a bad position? She said, you have sent this into my home with this talking about this sex series. And she said, I'm not ready to talk to my 14-year-old about it yet. 
And I had to very politely say, ma'am, understand that most likely she's already been talked to about it, but I don't know who's talked to her about it, but she probably knows all about it. And my heart broke because a lot of times we as parents miss the opportunity to be able to teach our kids in things that we need to be teaching them about, especially in the area about their sexuality. I remember my, my, my wife, or her parents, her parents were totally different. They were just, they're the type of people, I love them dearly, my mother-in-law and father, they're awesome people, awesome Christian people. But in their home, when I entered in their home and how that their demeanor is, something about SEX, you just didn't talk about that. So how many of you had parents like this? Just something you just did not talk about that subject. Well, then, my parents, totally different, okay? My dad, he was a, a, just a country guy. And he, <coughs> excuse me, he cut up about stuff and stuff like that. Not in a crude manner. Well, sometimes he's country, you know. But anyway, that was Popeye. How many of you ever knew my father? Raise your hand, the people in here. Uh, you, if you knew my dad, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, but there was really no strategic teaching to teach me about this area that culture's getting the jump on us about. And you say, what do you mean, Pastor? It's not just about having a talk. Here's what I want you to understand. Those of you that have kids right now that's in your home or you have grandkids that you have influence in, it's a process, not an event, but it's a process that starts with an event. See, when a baby is born, the doctor hands them over to you, and then that's when you strategically begin to teach them about life and even in their sexuality as they grow. It's not just a, the talk, as it would say. You have got to be the sexual resource for your children. You have to be. God entrusted you with these kids, and it's our responsibility to be able to lead them, to teach them, and prepare them for life beyond your home and mine. That's our job. That's a responsibility that God gave to you and to me. When you look in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we're going to read a couple of verses there, what's the, the setting here is this. Moses has already made his mistake of, of not speaking to the rock and hitting the rock. God's told him you can't go in the promised land, so he, he let him peer into the promised land. But he begins to give them what they call the Shema, and the love of the Lord thy God with all the heart, mind, body, and soul, and all that prior to this. And so he goes on to tell the families there that he's not going into, into the promised land, but they are going to be led there. They're going to be led by Joshua. And then he tells them this right here, which is so paramount, and it is so important for you and I as parents. He says, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. He just gave them these commands about the love of the Lord your God and all those commands. The Shema is what it's called. And then he says, repeat them again and again to your children. So he said, I've just given them to you. Now you repeat them to your children. He said, talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Basically, he's saying, I want you to set up an environment to teach your kids in everything that I'm teaching you from the law and from God's word. So what do we do? Every area of life, you and I are to take the opportunity and be strategic about it that we teach and we train our kids through a continual process of all the avenues of their life, not what you want to pick and what you want to choose or that which you're comfortable with, or that which you're not comfortable with. It's an environment of imparting God's truth to them on a regular, consistent basis. If you have kids in your home, you must teach the truth to them about their sexuality. You say, why? Why is this so important, Pastor? Because you need to be 
You know, it's, it's about the parental punch. you got to have the parental punch. You say, what do you mean? You've got to beat the culture to the punch. Someone's going to teach your kids about sex. However, we're to take the initiative to beat the culture to the punch from birth until they leave your home. Now, the problem is with parents a lot of times, they do one of three things. They defer. Basically, they defer it, they put it off, they put it off, they put it off, till finally you put it off so long, someone has beat you to the punch, and what they have been taught, there's a very large percentage of the fact that they've been taught wrong, not from God's perspective. But then there's those that delegate. They want to delegate it. Well, maybe somebody else will talk to whatever. Yeah, there's delegation going on. There's delegation going on this week, one of the most sick, perverse things I've ever witnessed in my life. Here in March, this comes out, activists to host sex ed camp for children, teaching them that gender is a spectrum, including condom demonstration. Fact, going on in Indiana, $250 to drop your kids off and to teach them about things that is unheard of and is absolutely despicable. Despicable. People delegate today. The responsibility that God has given to us as parents some parents even deny it they refuse it they reject the idea they they don't even want to acknowledge it as parents and I'm gonna tell you something parents have got to get their heads out of the sand of denial if you don't get your heads out of the sand Satan will love using his teachers to be able to teach you and to be, able to, to be able to teach your children about what we're talking about. He'll use the government. He'll use the schools. He'll use the internet. He'll use social media. He'll use TV. He'll even use the church. You, you say, what do you mean by that? When we, how he use the church? Everybody comes in church or not really living holy. Listen to me. He might even use, there might be a child in a youth group and they haven't got it yet. And they're getting some kind of perverse way of culture's way from their home. So whenever your kid sits next to that kid, that kid's not going to give them something that's disregarding God's word and, and sharing culture's way. You can't blame these different avenues if you're not teaching your children God's view of sexuality that is a beautiful thing. That God created, that sex is something that you are before it's something that you ever do. We got to make sure that we get back to the sacredness of the holy marriage bed. It's very important that we understand that. There's a sacredness to this. And because we're not talking about it in the church, culture's taking its way. And, and Satan's been able to use everything he can to beat us to the punch. I remember when my girls were little and and I would kiss their mama, and you know how they snicker. <laughs> what y'all gonna do? <laughs> it was really, they thought it was so funny. And so, what did I do? I had to teach them our bedroom is off limits. It's off limits. This is our sacred place here. And if our door's locked, don't come beating on our door, okay? It's our bedroom. So what did I do? I bought a captain's hat. I hung it on the door. And I said, when you see that captain's hat on that door, the captain and first mate are out to sea. Don't bother us. Yes. Yes. But it's sacred. It's our place. It's a place that it is to be honored and where that we in marriage, in holy marriage, listen to me, if your kids are in 6th to 7th grade, they are already fully exposed to what a view of sexuality is, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. The sacredness of the marriage bed is for procreation, but it's for recreation. The problem is a lot of times we end up 
letting our kids sleep with us in the bed. And some people, I don't know how they have children, but, you know, further ones beyond the first one. But uh, I remember we let uh, our oldest, Lily, sleep in the bed with us. And great mistake. I'm glad we had more kids. We finally had to figure out you can't let them sleep in the bed. With you. But once again, we want to teach them about the sacredness of the holy marriage bed. And this is our space. And, and Because kids will take over your room, won't they? Can I get How many of you let your kids take over your room? Go ahead and confess right now. Yes, yes, yes. My oldest daughter, Lily, and, and, and her husband, Cody, they got three boys. They A lot of times, all of them, and, and I mean, you can't even get a king bed big enough. That's a queen, but you can't get a king bed big enough. Listen, once again, you got to teach them about the holiness of the marriage bed and how sacred that it is, or they'll take over your space. And then when you try to go out on dates and, and be able to go out on date to t- continue the marital fire going, that what you did to get together, you have to keep going to stay together. You keep doing those kind of things and the kids are whine about going on they say, what are we gonna do y'all gonna be gone you know you have to do it you have to do it the question is i just want to ask you what are you teaching your children media is teaching them schools are teaching them governments teach them friends are influencing them when it comes to this area what i'm talking about about sexuality god has never said no to teaching it he's never said it's good or it's bad other than the fact of the truth that sexuality is part of our life. But he teaches us in his word to wait for sex in the holy marriage bed. And that's what we need to be teaching our children as they grow up. There's either going to be godly sex or there's going to be cultural sex. What you Listen to me. What you forecast into their life. Is what they'll be looking for in a husband or a wife. I didn't mean for that to rhyme. I'm a poet and didn't know it, but that's the truth. The process of teaching, let me just take you through a few things here. When you look at your children as they grow up, how many of you here in the auditorium, you have children? You've had children, whether they're grown or whatever, it doesn't matter, okay? From about a year and a half to three years old, they discover the body parts. That's just a kid. You guys know that. You're changing diapers and all that. But by the time they get to four to five years old, they begin to wonder, where does babies come from? And then they get to be able to five to seven years old. They get curious then from that age, how are babies, babies made? So there's, there's a correlation. They begin to figure out that there's a difference between a girl and there's a difference between a boy, that they are different. Let me jog your memory bank, and I'm not trying to be crude, but a lot of you know what I'm about to say. There's something when you grew up, they said, show me yours, I'll show you mine. But they were innocent, right? They didn't know any better. They just discovered that they were different as a boy and a girl and how God had made them. Then when they get to eight to nine years old, they begin to know right from wrong. And they want to know how mom and dad met. They want to wonder about love and all those kind of things. But then they get to the point of ten years old, ten years of age and older to where that they're going through this Prior to puberty, uh, they're wondering about sexuality. They're aware about sexuality. And then you have to take the opportunity to talk to them about the sacredness of the marriage bed. You've got to begin to talk to them about God's plan of marriage that's between one man and one woman for one lifetime. You talk about his plan for procreation. You talk about his plan for recreation. You talk about God's plan for how sexual intercourse is to be in marriage. And if we, and the dangers of what could happen outside of marriage even come to the point of diseases. And unplanned 
pregnancies. It's very sad that can short-circuit the plans and the career maybe that someone wants to pursue. You play, you pay. You've heard that. One of the most upsetting things that I heard in the past couple of weeks is a grandmother took her 13-year-old child and discovered that she was pregnant and she was about 20 weeks pregnant best of my knowledge recollected you know what the grandmother wanted to do the grandmother wants to abort the it she may be looking at it but it's a life you know what that life was the life was a baby girl baby girl I don't know if I ever told you this but some of you know that my oldest daughter, Lily and Cody, they got three boys. But they've also lost three baby girls that didn't make it. Know how they would love to have that baby girl. To raise that baby girl. Just like many of you. That beautiful life. See, the sin may have been the act, but the baby's not the sin. The baby's a gift of God. So when you talk to your kids, you've got to be serious when you discuss these issues of sexuality. And listen to me. When they ask you questions, you give them answers or they will get the answers somewhere else. And they may be, you may, they may be answers you wish that they had never got. My, you know, there might be a question to get to the point that they may ask you when they get to be a teenager and they get on up 12, 13, 14 years old, they're thinking for themselves. And, and sometimes, I don't know about you, but I thought aliens had taken my teenagers over at about 14. Can I get a witness? I mean, I thought, man, they have lost their ever-loving mind. But what if they ask you a question and you think, wow, you know, it gets, sometimes they ask you questions, it gets hard. What if they asked you a question like, Mom, Dad, were y'all sexually active before you got married? Maybe you're guilty of that. You, you don't focus on that. You just, you don't focus on, just say, you know what? There was a time that we may have did things wrong or whatever it is, but we love Jesus now. Jesus has forgiven us for things we may have done wrong. You always got to teach them that the truth is what wins out the Holy Spirit's leading and it's not what you've done but it's how you're living for Jesus now and we've been forgiven of our sins we started living for Christ or how can you teach your kids about right and wrong if you're living together and you got children you're living together you're you're not you're living together you're not you're not in holy marriage in the sacred marriage but you're over here in the doggy bed see woof woof you're over in a doggy bed and you're eating dog food see living like dogs this topic I'm talking about is serious how can you talk the truth to people if you're living in a doggy bed we're not dogs we're not animals we're human beings God has a sacred plan for us when it comes to the area of sexuality that thing of saying do as I do not do as I say not as I do that doesn't work okay it just doesn't work 1 John 1 and 9 tells us, though, listen closely. 
But if we confess our sins to him, sins meaning you missed the mark about what you're doing. You may be over here, but you can get to here. You don't have to live like an animal. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Every one of us, Romans 3, 23. We all mess up. But there's a great holiness that God wants us to live in, especially in the area of sexuality. So you beat them to the parental punch, but also there's, there's the parental provision. You say, what do you mean? Insulation, not isolation. What I mean by that is, you isolate. a lot of times people, people that I know that they, we've had this series of talks that we've been doing, I don't know and I haven't heard and I hope I don't hear, but sometimes people want to isolate their kids that are big enough to hear this. If your kid is in fifth or sixth grade, they're big enough to hear what I'm talking about here today. But people will isolate them from things like this. Or they, people want to isolate them and, and they want to move to the mountains and get them away from everything and, and, and take them to a monastery just thinking, I've got to get... No, 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 no. There's a difference between insulation and isolation, okay? Your job is to protect them, but it's not to isolate them. You're to teach them. God's Word is our guide and our home to protect us. And it is to develop a safe environment that God's Word is real and true. There's association, not alliance. You say, what do you mean? Who are they hanging with? Who are your kids or your grandkids hanging with today? What are those people's standards that those kids are coming out of that home? Have you pursued that? Have you checked into that? Who do you let your kids go home with? Think about that. We love everybody. Shannon and I do. But but there are people that everywhere, but people have different standards. Our standards is this. Our standards is the word of Almighty God. There were kids that were friends with my friends, were friends with my kids. If I found out that they didn't have a love for the local church, they didn't have a love for Jesus, and they, didn't, they weren't involved in the local church, then my kids did not go to their house. Hands down. You say, well, you're being judgmental. No, the standard was different. The standard in my home is the word of Almighty God. If their standard was not the word of God, their standard was not Jesus, their standard was not being involved in the local church, had a, I, it was my job to protect my children and to be able to help them to be in a place. Now, what did we do? We had an open-door policy. We, hey, they can always come to our house. It's your job. You better watch who your kids are hanging with. You better think about it. If their alignment isn't our standard and the standard of the Word of God, that's not going to work. It didn't work in our home. We didn't let that take place. It's not going to be. If their friends, parents were just... We're, we're good people and everything. We could get together, and we did get together with some of them and try to go out and try to do our part to be able to, to, to present Jesus to them. You do that. But when you let your kid go into an environment that's not a God-honoring environment, you are taking a huge risk of what's going to happen with your child's life and the influence that's going to happen with that child. If you agree with me, say yes. Something else you've got to do, you've got to think about those things. You've got to monitor. You've got to monitor what's going on with the Internet. You're giving them on every iPhone or a Samsung or whatever smartphone you're giving them. Are you monitoring the Internet, the places they're clicking and going? Did you know they have apps now? They have apps that you can download that will keep you from seeing everything else that they're already downloaded. Did you know that? Do your homework, parents. It's out there. 
You got to monitor who they're hanging with. You got to monitor what their internet usage is. You got to monitor their friends. You got to monitor their texts that could turn into sexting. You got to be able to monitor the places that they go. And remember, parents, you're to lead your kids, you're not their buddy. You're not their friend. You're the mom and you're the dad. You're the parents and you've got to lead them. But also as you love them, you can love them with open communication. And let them know I'm on your side. I love you. I love you. Parents, listen to me. You're responsible for protecting the mind of your kids. Your responsibility. Hands down. You know what's happened? We've slandered God's design for sex by our silence. Silence is slander in God's economy when it comes to talking about sex when we do not teach them God's way from God's word about sexuality. So in silence, you can end up leading your kids astray. Well, I didn't mean to, Pastor. Being proactive. The parental punch, the parental, parental provision that you do. Look what it says here in John 15 and 19. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. So you, what do you do? What, is, what am I saying here? You lead your kids lovingly but assertively through this world that's not on my side nor yours. We've got to be proactive about it. We've got to be assertive in what the things we do and the decisions we make. And we've got to be ahead of Satan because he's going to do everything he can do to mislead you and misuse you and to abuse your kids. We don't want our kids abused. Matthew 18 and verse 6, it says, But if you cause one of these little ones who trusts in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Don't allow our ineptness and not doing what we're called to do to cause our kids to fall into sin, especially sexual sins because you have your heads in the sands of denial. So here's a challenge. We want to ask you to partner with us as a church. We're here for you as a church. Talk to us as a church. Call and talk to us. There's issues going on. We want to, we want to be there for you. Here's what I want you to know. The home is the first place, top priority to be teaching on what we're talking about here. Church is the second. So be sure you just don't leave it to the church. You be teaching them. They're going to hear the truth of God's world, God's word from the time they're here in our nursery all the way up through till they leave out of your home and they establish your home and hopefully be in this home as having a church home. But don't allow the Word of God to only be taught at church. The Word of God should be taught in your home in every aspect, including sexuality, that we're only one day a week building on what you've been doing the other six days. Don't get too busy chasing your career or writing the contract or looking for the promotion or getting the raise or doing two jobs because you want all the toys and all the hobbies and all those things. And next thing you know, you blink and the season of your kids is... There it goes. They've grown up. They've grown up. So here's something I want to share with you today. We have some books that are resources that are here today. I don't have them on here, but they're over here that can co-align really good books. How, how do I talk to, to my children about sexuality? How do I do that? 
written by Christian people. We put our stamp of approval on this. We have four different books of at each age from a time they're little bitty. Which age bracket do I talk to them about what? Broken down for you over at the church merch. It's a great opportunity. Some people say, well, just can you give me the list? This is giving you logistics of how to do this. This is great resources. Go to the church merch. They'll be able to share with you those things. But listen to me, parents. Learn it. Teach it. Learn it. Teach it. I'm talking about learn God's way for sexuality and teach it to your children. Single parents, listen to me. Same thing. Learn it God's way. Teach it God's way. So we have the parental punch and then the parental provision, but it's about the parental privilege. Sex is a God-given gift made for the holiness of of the marriage bed. When it comes to Talking to my kids, we talked to our kids, but we went through a process over years. Did they make mistakes? Did they sin? No doubt. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't know if they did or they not. And I don't, I just know they're living for Jesus right now. They're all in ministry right now. But don't miss your opportunity because when we see the pain and the tears and the things that's happened in society because the church is silent on this subject, it's very sad. And here, here's what I will tell you. The greatest gift that we can give our children, hands down, is not toys. It's not their first iPhone. It's not their first car. Greatest gift you can give your kids is Jesus. First gift you can give them. They're going to watch what you say. They're going to watch what you do, your children are. And they're going to establish what they want based on the influence that you give them. I've been praying for many years. And in my prayer, I'd always thank God for my mom and my dad. I remember many nights, we'd come home from a two or three week revival. And I'd be in the back seat of an old 60-something Chevrolet. And my daddy would get out of the car and I'd fell asleep on the way home from church. And I'd say, Daddy, pack me. Daddy would always pack me in the house. I remember when I'd gotten a lot of trouble, and I remember that my mom pushed me really hard to graduate high school. I was what they called a hellion. Anybody ever seen somebody called a hellion? Raise your hand real quick. That was me. My picture's in the collegiate dictionary beside the word. But the greatest gift my mom and dad gave me was Jesus. And something I waited till now to tell you is that my mama passed away last night. Aunt Trudy found her this morning. And she's with dad. And I can't help but be joyful because she can fuss at him instead of fussing at me from now on. She's with Jesus. She's with Jesus, y'all. Now, my heart's broken. And I've cried my tears, and my family's crying with tears. But listen to me again. The greatest gift you'll ever give your kids is Jesus. And that's what my mom and dad gave to me. I'm so thankful. 
They loved me enough to care to get me to church, even when I didn't want to go. Do you know what I did with my kids and the next generation? I taught them to love the church because they seen mom and dad loving the church. You see, my kids would even, especially Chloe, she would count down the days. She'd ask her mama, how many more days, mom, till church? How many more days, mom, till church? See, when you show them what you love, they want to love what you love. See? And that's kids. So second to that of a mom and dad that love me enough to give me Jesus, once again, I get to see them again. They, you know, really, I'm jealous they beat me there. But I'm just passing through, and you are too. We all check out at different times from this life. But it's where you check in makes all the difference that you make your reservations you're born again into Jesus Christ forgiven of your sins have your name written in his book but the second thing that I think is paramount that we need to, to know that that how God created Adam and Eve in the garden and he gave us the gift of sexuality that we get to continue having next generation next generation that we help our kids to see that so things don't get messed up because they're seeing a, a lot of heartache in this area so Teach him about the gift that God gave of sex because it's his. He created it. He thought up marriage. He thought up you and I. Those are great gifts. I'm thankful today for each of you that love the local church here the way you do. And you love your church family. Let me talk to you just for a minute. Singles and students, listen to me closely. Even if you're single, again, align yourself with God's way for sexuality. And if you do, you will align your life with the fullest of God's blessings. How many of you want the fullest of God's blessings? Raise your hand. I know I do. Stand with me as we pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you this day and we thank you this day for all your bountiful blessings. God, we thank you, Lord, for our children. God, I pray for every parent that still has children in their home. God, that you would just bless them richly and immensely, God, with the courage, with the assertiveness, and God, with the power of your spirit and the anointing of your spirit on their lives to be able to teach their children in all things. When they rise up in the morning, through the day, at night at home, and as they go to times of going to bed and praying and just speaking into their kids lives especially in this area that is so crucial give them strength to do it in all things I pray God that you would just bless our church and bless every family that's a part of our church and may we go after families that need a church and be able to help them God to see that the greatest gift that humanity has is Jesus Christ your son God may we promote that like never before God to people that need salvation how many of you here are parents and you just want to lift your hand and say, you know, I want to be the best teacher for my kids they've ever had. Would you just raise your hand and say, I want to be the best teacher for my kids they've ever had. God bless you. God bless you. Would you pray as I pray with you and for you? Father, right now, God, I pray, God, you're going to be able to help all these wonderful parents to be the number one teacher and they become their kids' number one student. Just, I just pray, God, the students and the, and, the, and the parent relationship, God, 
I pray, God, that these parents are just going to love their children so much, God, that they keep that open line of communication and they're letting them know I'm on your side and I love you. Even when mistakes are made, help them to learn and get through those mistakes or those sins and pray through it, God. Just keep giving them you and your word. Maybe you're here today and the greatest influence you'll need to have as a parent or anybody here is knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you might be like my mom. She checked out last night and checked into glory. I know she did. She talked about it quite often. I didn't expect it, and it breaks my heart. I'm going to miss her. But you don't know when you're going to check out. I don't know when I'm going to check out, but here's what you do have influence over. It's when you, where you're going to check in. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you questioned right now if you'd make it into heaven, if you left this world in this moment, I'm not trying to scare you, but I literally want to scare the hell out of you because hell is where you'll go if you don't have Jesus. That's the word of God. So if you know you need Jesus and he's thumping on your heart through the power and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, would you just lift your hand real high right now and say, Pastor, that's me. I feel him knocking on my heart. Just lift your hand real high, real quick. Shoot your hand up. Say, I need Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Just lift it real high. God bless you. Pray to him right where you're at and just tell him, say, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life today. I surrender my life to your son, Jesus, who died for me and rose again so I could live. Just tell him, say, fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord, so I can pursue you and serve you with all my heart. I repent. I'm going to turn the other direction from anything I have ever done or was doing that, that wasn't of you. Tell him, say, thank you for new life. Save me. I give you mine. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people say, amen. Thank you, and God bless you. Let's give our great Savior, Jesus Christ, some praise today in the house. Now, listen to me closely. If you gave your life to Christ today online or here in this auditorium, please let us know that. Take a card here, those of you that's in the auditorium, and, and fill that card out and, and drop it in the offering on your way out. We'd appreciate that very much. If you're brand new here today, uh, and we call you VIPs because you are a very important person. Jesus loves you, and we do too. If you would, fill out a card, as much information out of the back seat back there, if you will. Take it out the info desk, give it to them, and they're going to give you a gift to say thank you for coming today here to Freedom Church. We're going to go into a time of giving right now, and I've got two important things to tell you, so please do not leave unless it's an emergency after we take up the offering. It's very important. Uh, so um, if you would, let's pray over the offering. There's multiple ways you can give electronically. You can do it tangibly as you leave with the buckets with the ushers in the back. There's kiosks out there. There's the app. There's the website. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your faithful giving to God's church that we can chase after our very vision and our mission of reaching people to know God. That's what our church family is about. So thank you for your faithfulness and giving back to him as God has prospered you. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much and we praise you so much and we honor you and we cannot thank you enough for the blessings of this life. You're so good to us. We don't deserve how good you are to us, but you do it anyway because you are a loving Heavenly Father. Thank you for the opportunity to give back that which was already yours, even in our resources, God. All that belongs to you. But you asked us to bring those tithes and offerings, God, right off the top in obedience, but yet that we trust you in all things, even in the area of our finances. Multiply it for your glory and honor that we can reach people locally, globally, and everywhere in between. And we praise you today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, all right, all right. Okay, two things, real quick, real quick. I said two things. 
We are serious about Easter. Here, I'm going to do the Vanna White thing. Here we go. All I'm asking is this. In your front yard, take one of these when you leave, and all you do is put it sideways. It's front and back, and it just says Easter at Freedom Church. We're going to be also be doing mail-outs. They're going to get a mail-out. And imagine if they see a sign, they get a mail-out, and then you take an invite card with you as you leave to invite the ones you're going to begin praying and fasting about it. It's all about seeing people come to know our Savior, Jesus Christ. So if you would, take one of these, put it in your yard. Don't do it in front of your house, parallel with your house, sideways so they can see it coming down the road. All those different touches, I believe the Holy Spirit of God will use it. And we'll see people come, especially those you invite that you know. How many of you know somebody, once again, that needs Jesus, you need to invite for Easter? Raise your hand. Real high, real high, real high. Okay. Take some invite cards and invite them. I love every one of you, and I would appreciate I'd appreciate your prayers. Uh, Shanda's with my brother, and uh, well, I didn't want to leave. She's in heaven, you know. And uh, and it's this, it's an odd thing. I'll tell you this: it's just off script. But uh, Daddy passed away May twenty first on a Saturday night, and it was kind of odd that they both would pass on the same day of the week. The last time I was preaching, the next day on God is with me. And I might not have preached the same message today, but here's what I'll tell you. God's with me. I love you, church. God bless you. You can be dismissed. I'm going to hang out out there. Love to see you guys.